Hey guys, Marlena Torres here. Welcome to Avoiding the Crowd. Next up, episode 16. Hello everyone, Tina Tassels here. Welcome back to another episode of Avoiding the Crowd and my co-host, co-host, um, co-host. Marlena. Yeah, hey, a real South Jersey of me, Marlena Torres. <laughs> um, I'm spending too much time in the South, so I'm, I'm starting to say mm. things like and host and you're, host. You are really in, in the deep South, girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> My accent gaming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we are, episode 16. We did not put, we didn't release our episode from last week where we started talking about, um, all the sort of global responses Mm -hmm. to the death of George Floyd and out of respect. And um, we obviously decided not to release and we weren't going to do any promotion. And it was also Tuesday's our usual day of release. And there was a blackout Tuesday, which like so many things was sort of confusing to people and, and where it stemmed from. And that really, the idea of it was great, but I think it scared people at first because they didn't understand if people were like going violent or what, what they were doing. And um, that, the idea was great, but I think it just got hijacked. Unfortunately, it just moved too quickly and just didn't know what to do with it. But it was to be a day to stop promoting yourself or posting selfies or your usual content. And it was meant to support only the Black Lives Matter movement. They wanted that kind of, to create only that kind of chatter online and, um, or for people to sit back, take a break from social media and educate themselves and, and just sort of absorb and, and observe what has been going on. So here we are with another episode to continue. Um, I will say the last episode, which obviously isn't out yet, but you said something like, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know the number one most important thing is we need to keep talking about it. So, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I feel that way. And I have, um, I've talked about this with people who are more invested in this than I (laughs) am like (laughs) over a long period of time. Um, and emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. um, I have one good friend in particular, I've been talking about, um, Mm -hmm. a lot, um, with this. And she said, like, the best thing you can do is just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because, a lot of people just, I, I think a lot of it is that people need to feel heard and understood. And also there is a lot, like I, like we were saying earlier, um, before we started recording, <laughs> yes. um, is, you know, you can feel like no hate inside of you for, um, another race, you know, mm-hmm. or other races, but mm-hmm. still be benefiting from, having white skin Uh um and I feel like I feel like that's the most important thing so that we can all kind of like be there for each other kind of like I don't know like not to sound too like idealistic but just like you know if we're going to talk about like having a a peaceful existence you know on earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) like being able to listen to people be open to beliefs and ideas that are different than your own Mm -hmm. and not feeling like you know, you know, someone's experience of something, right. You know, like in our high school, like, I mean, we went to school with 
all colors of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were friends, like yeah. we cheered with black girls and yeah. I played basketball with black girls and we, you know, like we didn't think anything of it, but we don't know <laughs> what their experience was. Right. We never asked. I didn't even really think of it, to be honest right. with you. I know. Um, it just felt like, okay, these are our friends and yeah. we're doing, we're doing our things with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was easy I, to, to, to be passive. Cause you're like, oh, well they never like brought up anything bad, but like, yeah, you never thought of why would this, they, would they yeah. even think it's okay? Like exactly. Like over the weekend that hit me hard, that part of it, and we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of like, when we finished, for example, like you said, basketball practice, like where I went home to and where those, those classmates went home to were two mm-hmm. totally different worlds. And they were like two miles away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I feel like a lot of it's just um, being open to hearing other people's experience mm-hmm. without feeling like, no, this is the way it is. Or like, right. I didn't benefit from, like, I feel like the biggest misconception is that people think if you're white, you've never struggled or you've never had hardship because that's not true because yeah, our nobody actually in- says that, no. you know what I mean? It's just white people getting butt hurt as if something is being taken, a- taken away from them. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think too, it's important to point out like, like my friend who I, I was talking about, like, I feel like I, I've talked with her about so much because I feel like I don't want to sound like stupid or do mm-hmm. harm <laughs> with yeah, what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. But like she said, it's like we our society is like it's like a game of shoots and ladders because there's like, you know, it's everybody has not everybody. Certain people have privilege, like with gender, with race, with like everything. It's like so it's like, yeah, it's it's messy. So it's like we have to unpack all of this and sort of I think the whole point is that like we want to live in a world where people feel empowered and good about themselves and like, right, every day. Yeah, like not, um, I don't know. I don't know, yeah, but I, yeah. But it's like, if you have a room full of people that are positive, caring, empathetic, supportive, and all on the same level, mm-hmm. how strong is that room full of people? That's yeah. incredible. And then you have exactly. another room where maybe 75% of that room feels that mm-hmm. way. And it's not because they worked for it. Mm-hmm. or did anything extra special they just sort of like the have the live the average existence in a normal small town just sort mm-hmm. of you know get a job go to it's like very passive because my first thing was supposed to be like go to college get married have kids get a job whatever mm-hmm. but like that is not the timeline for everyone and so mm-hmm. that to me makes that room so much weaker because there's mm-hmm. some people in that room that are like oh, well, I don't know, or I'm not familiar with that, or I've never been exposed to that, or I don't have access to that, or I've been denied that, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I agree. It's important to keep talking about it. And like you said, like, you don't want to do harm, or you don't want to sound stupid. But asking those questions to someone you trust, and that's experienced, or educated, and, you know, like, devote their life to it, it's that super duper important. And, um, but I, I also think, though, it's like just to um, add on to what I said about not wanting to sound stupid because nobody ever wants to sound stupid, but right. we have to be willing to sound stupid because right, like that's, that's part of it. That's the question. So that's, you know, it's like we're going to we're going to mess up. And that, with the whole blackout thing, this is a perfect way to talk about the blackout thing, because and this is why I 
I posted on my in my astrology and wellness group. Um, I have a private group on Facebook and on my Instagram. I just posted that I was going to take a break from posting and, <laughs> and social media for a while because when I woke up and I saw this blackout thing, everybody was posting this black box. Mm-hmm. I posted it because I'm like, okay, like I feel like I should do this. Everyone's doing this. It's right, it's like people you would follow and, and write, yeah. And it's like, also, I felt I also posted something on my Facebook page that said like, this is like saying I'm going, I- I'm I'm going to do better. Like I'm going to listen. I'm here to mm-hmm. listen. But then people were posting that it's actually hurting the, you know. Um, like Black Lives Matter, like it's it's taking away from what the black the anti racist educators are posting. So it's like okay, I fucked up, and then I see, and these are like white people that were posting this that I've never heard even talk about this before. They're posting about right. how this is damaging, right. and I'm like, I'm so confused. And then I just felt like just because I know my nature, I'm like, I need. To, there's too much online right now for me to do anything constructive. I'm just going to end up spinning. And it's like, I have this, I have this book by Layla Saad I can, I can get into. Yes. You know, I, I, I it keeps coming up and I'm like, so I feel like I'm going to feel so honored to finally read her. Cause I haven't dove into any literature yet. Yeah. And I mean, I, everybody has, some people are really good at the social media thing. I'm really not like, it feels like almost like overwhelming to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I'm more of like, I want to be away from so many different messages. It's like, I gave up TV. Like when I was, I forget how old I was, but I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not doing the TV and magazine thing. Like it felt like mm-hmm. I, I just, I felt so scattered at this point in my life. And it's like, I can't do anything. I feel so useless. Yeah. And I feel like the internet and social media is so much worse. And it's like, I, I got to figure this out. But with this, it felt like the same thing. It's like, I want to take a step back and just see like, what's my contribution? Because I tend to mm-hmm. get like overwhelmed and it's like, I want to do all this stuff and I want to, but it's like, there's only, there's only so much one person can do, but if everybody does something that like, mm-hmm. not as easy for them, but feels natural to them and authentic. Right. Like it works for, for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, um, yeah, that's, that's why I took a break. Cause I felt like I wanted to find some like teachers that I really mm-hmm. resonated with because other than Layla Sad, I haven't found anyone that I'm like, okay, I feel like I, I can mm-hmm. really connect to what they're saying. Not because I, I if I'm going to learn something, I need to find a way to learn it so that it actually mm-hmm. works. And it's not like right. I should be reading this. I should be doing this. I should be posting a black box. Right. So then of everybody course. was taking down the black box. I took mm. my black box down and I just posted that I was taking a break. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So I have the Layla Sad book. It's a lot of like, it's, it's a, it's not a, like she says, it's not a book you read. It's a book you do because there's writing prompts. Mm-hmm. Like you read a little bit and then you write I a lot. That. Mm-hmm. And it, but it, it's like a, tw- she did it. It's called me and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, it opens up your um, mind really to what it really means. Like the benefits that come with, having white skin and that it's a totally a social construct um it's not um biologically they're just different expressions of right human beings uh, yeah 100 percent. right there's nothing <laughs> um, superior to like us white animals but also just because, basic level. just because it's like biological it's not a biological thing we still benefit from the system even if we don't see it like i think that's the thing that's most important for people to understand is that it's designed for you to not see it. That's, mm-hmm. that's what she's saying, but you should really mm-hmm. read her book because again, we're not yeah, experts on this. We're not, she's on the list. Not, 
And I mean, anyone who's listening, I mean, you should read whatever you want to read. I, right. I like this book personally, I'm saying, mm-hmm. because I think it's a really good introductory read. And she has, yeah. I think she has classes. That's um, cool. Yeah. She's great. Uh, I really, she's, she's a good introduction. Yeah. And I think, uh, I can't think of it. I know Rachel Ricketts is another one that has a lot of classes. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if she has a book, but she, she has a good platform. Yeah, that's too. cool. Um, no, I get anyway. it. Like you, you were like, I mean, listen, there's like a bajillion books. Like mm-hmm. I, I am comfortable to say it is overwhelming because mm-hmm. again, like you and I said, like we grew up in an actually a small town, but it was very, very diverse. Yeah. People from all over the world actually in our school, which I thought mm-hmm. I, it's almost like I didn't appreciate it as much then, of course, because kids are assholes, but we, <laughs> did, we did have a very diverse school system. Um, not, not so much the employees, which also came up, uh, yeah. but um it's very overwhelming to like, I want to do something. I want to educate myself. Where the fuck do I start? Mm-hmm. Because it's scary. Somebody says, this one's great. This one's great. Don't read this one. This one's amazing. This one changed my life. And it's like, oh my God, they're probably all great. But like, I can mm-hmm. only do one thing at a time and I'm freaking yeah. out. I to start. And I actually did love that you brought this Layla book up because the writing prompt is really intriguing to me because it it's a way to force yourself mm-hmm. to think about what you've read and mm-hmm. actually work through it and absorb it in almost like real time. And your experiences. Really like your experience. yeah. I, I really never thought about this quite honestly until I was in college and I was doing like an inner city teaching block mm-hmm. and, and they were, I remember we had a, um, our teacher um, who taught in inner cities for ever, mm-hmm. um, she gave us this. It was like a, because uh, there were a lot of people where I went to school. I went to school at Millersville. It's in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So um, there were a lot of people at the school that are from nearby. So the worksheet was like, how to know if you're from Lancaster, Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. And it was like, there were all these sayings and roads and stuff. And me being mm-hmm. from Jersey, I'm like, I always make jokes about this because I feel like such an outsider here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was pointing out how like, there are basically stereotypes. And we as teachers, we need to be very aware of them that we're not um, reinforcing them with our students, especially if we're in inner city schools. Right. Um, yeah. Like, th- we did a lot of, of work on that. And I, to me, it just made sense. I, and, yeah. Like, I then I yeah, was you should eat it wherever they were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I did my student teaching in inner city Lancaster, which was mostly minorities. There were very few white kids in that school, like pure, I don't know what it's like now, but it, um, I mean, it was more Latino than black, but it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it's mostly a Latino. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's very, it's, it's stuff that I didn't think about, um, you know, and just even just, you know, being married to someone who's Latino, it's, I didn't think about this stuff before because I really didn't have to. It wasn't yeah. like I didn't, people didn't talk to me about their experiences, you know, right. being a different race. I mean, I remember when I first met Enrico, he was t- like, he's sh- showing me his high school yearbooks. I don't know why. Like him, <laughs> his brother and Martine, his cousins, um, 
they were like the only non-white people in the whole school and he had one there was one black guy from jamaica that like everybody was white in the school and they live out near gettysburg weird but yeah and i remember martin telling me he's like when we went there they used to like touch our hair i'm like oh my god this is so crazy (laughs) these exotic people like really thick dark hair and i'm like that is so like nobody would have done that in florence (laughs) nobody would have touched someone's hair like no, I mean, bullies <laughs> being assholes, I could see it, but not because they're, they're, they don't know. But they were genuinely, like, fascinated. But, like, right. like I said, like, nobody treated them badly. Like, I mean, That's great. like, if anything, like, he said everybody was really, con- the teachers were really kind to them. And, like, he didn't Aww. even speak English, like, yeah. well for a while. And it was really, yeah. he, he maintained, like, he learned English from watching mm-hmm. TV, he says. But they yeah. tried really hard at the school. um but yeah it was just stuff I never thought about like what must that Mm -hmm. feel like for them and now I think about it all the time you know like when I when I see like in schools especially um whether it's my daughter's school or um yeah just in general it's it's Mm -hmm. just something you don't have to think about as a white person ever ever at all and I will say like one of the things um my my two friends that um both white girls but um we've all been having like a really super open dialogue and sharing the things we're reading and doing and we actually excuse me in our hometown ended up going to a protest on Saturday Mm -hmm. which was for me personally and I want to maybe them as well I won't speak for them though that was my first ever protest in my life ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was just a beautiful, peaceful protest. People showed up black, white, all from the community. There were some people from the schools there. There were like some teachers there. And then there was some administration there. Then were, there were like all ages walked with us. And, um, when we walked along the streets, there were people that had heard it was happening because it kind of came together quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were houses along the path we were walking that mm-hmm. were putting out water and snack tables. So like, as we passed by, they were like, they had signs up and were like free water and stuff to like, make sure everybody was safe because it was super duper hot out. Um, but it was just like, well planned out the police obviously, um, knew about it and they were supportive of it and they actually there was like a a police car escort in the front and then there was like two bike cops kind of watching along the sides to like Mm -hmm. keep us on the the medium or on the sidewalk or whatever or the median and um it was just the coolest thing and i will say it was put together by alumni but these kids they were a really close group of um black friends all it was mostly males no i won't say that Mo- yeah mostly males i should say um and they were graduated probably about what are we in 2020 so like they graduated within like the last 10 years so it was like 10 to 8 years ago and um they were all athletes together and they put it together and that actually blew my mind because i was like wow i i was never the brave and open at their age and to think of, you know, they started sharing personal stories about their experience in the school system, because that was really the focus of it, of course, was, you know, around um, protesting George, like justice for George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. But 
also a big topic of it, which I think was on the flyer as well, is talking about the local school systems and the problems that they have in it, um, ongoing issues, racial issues that they have in it. And these amazing young people went up there one after another and said, please hire more people that look like me in administrative. Okay, so yeah. Sorry, folks, technical difficulties. I don't know what happened. But so, yeah, <laughs> all these young people from the high school, they graduated, they were saying like 2010, 2012, which I was like, holy shit, these kids are like, I can't believe I'm 10 to eight years older than some of these kids. Um, but they put it together because they felt super strong about asking for reform in the school system specifically. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of their big things. Obviously, they were out um, I don't know what part we got cut off at, but the, you know, obviously seeking justice for George Floyd and speaking out about black lives matter. And, um, but the, another focus, and it was, I think on the flyer or shared around the town that they wanted like school reform in Florence township for the schools. And I thought that was so cool of them. And again, these young people just coming out fearless and like, they've had enough and it's almost heartbreaking to think at like 22, 23 years old, they're like, we've had enough. And I also thought it was cool that there was like three or four of them that actually now work as coaches, whether it's basketball or football for the teams that they played on too, which I was like, how are these kids so amazing? And I'm over here having like a moral dilemma of like, you know, I don't like, what should I be doing with my life? Because I will say, even though that day, obviously it was all like very emotional, but I was like, how do we open a community center? Do I have to go get my teaching license and move back to Florence and become a teacher? Like you do every, every sort of thought like going through my head of like, well, what do I do now? How do I go back to my life and just forget about this little mm, town? And like, I know. because these kids were so impressive and smart and honest and brave and it just it really blew my mind because at their age on high school I will I will it becomes clearer and clearer with age I had no idea what those lives were like um like we said two miles away and we had completely different lives and um and then they said something about two to the cops. And obviously there was cops there standing and listening. And one of the, one of the kids that organized it, he was on the microphone and he turned to one of the cops and he's like, we went to school together. He's like, you and I sat next to each other in class. And he's like, you know, you guys got to do better. And he's like, we know you're trying to keep things safe, but they're like, don't come patrolling downtown watching us. Like, like we're animals that need to like be kept in, in line. And he's like, we can't even be outside barbecuing with our friends without you guys being suspicious of what we're doing. And I will say, you know, like we always keep saying like a simple way, like how to simplify it. So people that don't understand, understand what's going on. But he said something, he's like, you think the guy next door that that might be like a gangbanger or maybe he he killed someone or is going to kill someone. You think that guy's my friend just because he's black, too? He's like, what about Ted Bundy? That's a white guy. Is he your friend? Like, and he was a serial killer. Like, And the, the crowd yeah. laughed because it's so absurd, right? It's like, well, that's a white guy. Is he your friend? 
he's a serial killer. Like, why should I trust you either? You know, you're, he's a white guy. And it was just so simple and perfect and like so natural the way he said it that, oh man, I lost it. But I was just, I was so impressed and inspired by these kids. It was one of the coolest, coolest days of my life. I will say it was just unbelievable. But yeah. Kids are inspiring. Oh my God. They were really the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It was really That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was even happening. Yeah. Um, it was put together quickly. But... Yeah. That's cool. I'm yeah. glad that it was. It was great. Peaceful too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really uh, wondering about a lot of, I mean, our, I know Phoenixville, which we live near Phoenixville, mm-hmm. near downtown Phoenixville had a like threat. The police department had a threat for like a protest that they said would not be peaceful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was it last Sunday? Yeah. So there was, a, there was a curfew and um, right. I mean, nothing happened. They actually students put together a peaceful protest that they just did last Friday. Um, it's good. It, it went really well, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was all about the threat or if it, obviously nothing happened, but yeah. Um, Can I ask you as a mom yeah. has, yeah. I don't have to get into it, but like, has Al yeah. asked anything? Is she like exposed to anything or have you talked to her about anything? I haven't. No, I had this. I haven't talked to her about because I mm-hmm. feel like the whole the fact that like somebody was, you know, murdered. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's I don't know how to explain that to her right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but um, one of the things that uh, I, I do want to have more. I mean, admittedly, I, I'm not very good at buying things for her at all because. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm not a buyer. Like mm-hmm. I, I only buy things when I like have to for the most part. Right. Um, but I want to buy more books yep. that um, explore other, even like her own like Latino culture. <laughs> I don't even have, like I have books in Spanish, but I don't have any that really, and I mean, it is, I mean, I have to look more, but it's like yeah. even on TV, like watching, like other than Dora, like I don't know what else there is. I, ha- I Again, I don't look into this stuff too much because I don't, really give her much tv anyway or um any of that but yeah uh yeah so i mean i know like she i actually just posted i saw there's a account i found on instagram i really like with children's books and um the woman who runs the account posted a book um telling ruby bridge's story and i know that she learned about ruby bridge last year in school and Aww. she loved her story. She talked about it like for days. Oh, that's um, so cute. So yeah, she really liked her story. So I'm like, oh wow, there's a book. She'll love it if I get this book. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, that's so, cool. Um, that's definitely. I felt like that was a perfect place to start, and I feel like that's a good example just um, for anyone who feels like I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Like, just yeah. go to what feels natural. You know, it's like obviously yeah. you want to put. You have to think about it, but it's like mm-hmm. if you think about it too much, it's just you don't want to. I mean, every if if you're a good person, you're gonna have some sort of curiosity about like, okay, what can I do here? How can right. I unpack this? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so books. I, I mean, I think if you have kids, any kids in your life, not even your own children, right? Like any kids in your life, like that's such a, a good place to start with, just um, like appreciating and understanding. Um, 
other people and history, I guess, like just starting with, with children, I think is really important. I mean, adults can learn a lot from children's books. Quite yeah, honestly. I, I agree. Cause so, it, it actually simplifies it in a way that's like super digestible. And mm-hmm. then you could, I mean, as an adult reading kids lit, it's almost like you mm-hmm. can get a, a little bit of information about a lot of different topics to be like, okay, I, I mm-hmm. heard about this thing, but I don't know. And they do these like real kind of safe details. And then as an adult, it's obviously your responsibility. Should you want to learn more, then you start exploring like other texts. But I think children's yeah. books are such a great place to start. I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Such a great really, idea. Yeah. And it keeps it light. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't, I mean, when it comes to books, I'm very like protective of childhood innocence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I will probably want to read things before I show them just because, I mean, Ali is so sensitive to imagery. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, I have to be careful. I can't, she won't even watch movies. Like she will not watch movies because there's always sadness in movies and she can't get out of her head and she has nightmares. And it's like, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she loved these stories. She learned about these. I think it really is imagery because when she, she heard about these stories at school, like it didn't like she was telling me some really horrible things that some people experienced I'm like that didn't scare and she's like no mom it was fine and I'm like okay so it must be pictures and and and, and music like the pictures and the because that yeah she hates like that's what it is yeah yeah it really affects her so yeah she loved the ruby bridge like she couldn't believe it like she was so brave mom (laughs) um but yeah, yeah so that's kids are cool. so open and kids do see color like they I mean at least mine does she's very aware they but she do, doesn't care you know what I mean they're colorblind and I don't mean that to make a joke but like even if they're colorblind they see the different shades of people mm-hmm. and it's like if we're gonna pretend they don't we're we're doing a great disservice to kids like yeah. stop pretending because what it ends up doing, like if if you tell a kid that, then they're confu- then they're immediately confused as to why they see something, and you're telling them it's not there. Yeah, like it's not we real. Don't fuck them up, like yeah. <laughs> another way we could do it. Yeah, yeah there's so many ways. Let's not <laughs> like let's not do it this way, right? But yeah, I mean, kids are just they're so open to, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. They're just their kids are great. Uh, yeah. They just want to play, you know, they don't, they don't care what color you are. <laughs> I know. I love how many <laughs> they just want you to play with them. Like use the example of like, look at kids. And it's like a black and white kid hugging and like playing in a flower field. And we're like, no, we get it. You're the one that <laughs> fucked them up. We, we know yeah, exactly. kids are like this, actually, we were yeah. like this. And then mm-hmm. if you really want to do some self-examining, you can look back mm-hmm. and start to be like, when did I like pay attention? I guess when did I start mm-hmm. to pay attention? And it's usually some outside influence, whether it's your parents mm-hmm. or a teacher or another friend of yours that ends up being shitty or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that's usually when it starts to spiral. It's not that I didn't know they were black, but it's somebody made it clear that they are treated differently because they're black, whether they made a mm-hmm. comment or something. You're like, Oh, you mean that? Or like you feel that way or you think that about them just because they look different. And that's when you start to be like, notice it in a different way. Cause you've already noticed it before, but now you start to be like, wait, so there's more to it than just how they look. Yeah. And it's like, no, we actually, we actually started to make it that way, which is the most sort of frustrating part of all this, of course, is it seems so simple. And I think we kind of touched on that in the last episode too. It's like, sometimes I say things and, um, 
it's like the frustration of people not getting it and it just and kind of like how we started the episode of like even if you're not actively um racist or or sort of buying into this system the system the system of racism you're still as a white person benefiting from it so that passivity ends up being a problem as well because it it and this is i think the people that are most like upset over all this is because mm-hmm. they're like my life was just fine not thinking about it you know mm-hmm. it what it, they don't want to be disrupted because it's stressful and it's scary and it also it also means you have to take responsibility for yourself with shit. Nobody likes to do that, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's that's an extra yeah. piece of work we have to do. And um, so it's like um, I will say then so we don't keep going on for hours and hours, which we can do. Yeah. Um, but a couple things, some ideas my friends have we've discussed and I will say they came up with some cool things is um I mean the one thing is like vowing not to stay silent anymore which I kind of had an issue not an issue at my job but I work in in marketing and I think it's always stressful to work in the entertainment and marketing industry really any industry that's the one I'm familiar with because we work with like big companies um like brands and most big corporations are awful. Like they were yeah. real. They support things that the majority of people don't support, whether it's um, racist foundations or anti-gay foundations, or they support, you know, a president you don't support. And I mean, because they have the money, this is like millions of dollars being funneled into these ideals that you don't believe in like with one ounce of your soul so it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to start consciously saying I'm not going to buy this product anymore I'm not going to shop at this store anymore Mm -hmm. and you know part of my job is working with brands like this ideally and I stayed silent in my team meeting because I I honestly was just listening to I love I love listening to people talk it was it was a good meeting in that sense but I didn't really have a reaction because I wanted to chime in and be like well aren't all these companies shitty like where we we have to start from the bottom up and it's it was sort of um a personal um sort of moment of reflection of like how like how much do I believe in this because it's just Mm -hmm. sort of like hard because I'm like it's it feels like it's not fixing the world in any way and we're discussing Mm -hmm. something that is actually detrimental to the world but I understand it's I work for this business and business means we have to make money and I understand that I'm not denying that in any way I was just having a moment of like I don't know if this is for me yeah that's hard in the entertainment industry across the board like and I kind of posted something on my LinkedIn that there was this article about like nine things Hollywood could do better. Everything from like hiring black writers. Only nine. I, I mean, <laughs> only nine. tell me about <laughs> I'm just it. Kidding. But no, it, you know, I was like, and, and, yeah. and I was like, I'm probably saying the thing I'm not supposed to say, but like the Hollywood I dreamed of like working in and being a part of when I was younger, like I don't mm-hmm. think it exists. And I was like, maybe it's because I don't care about money enough and I care about people too much. And I was like, that is, this is a good thing, Tina. That is, a, I know, I know, but it's no. a personal struggle. Like, oh man, I really love yeah. 
I love entertainment and like, yeah, you know, so it's just like hard to be a part of that. And then of course I go to this March on Saturday. And again, I granted I was all in my feelings, but I was like, yeah. that's it. I got to move home. I have to open a community. <laughs> I'm going to rent the building down the street from Rocco's and then people will start to open businesses and, and like, Tina, you have to open the community center like as a part of Rock. Absolutely. You can't actually be separate from no, Rock. It'll be next door, like the video <laughs> store, and we can like knock on the wall to one another. But I'm telling you, I had this like crisis of like, I, the problem is always money, right? Of course. But I was yeah. like, oh my God, we're going to change this community and I want to be a part <laughs> of it. And I'm like, well, I don't have the capital to do that. And I also, right the second, don't have the know how. But like, if I won the lottery, I would. Move, I would like not move home maybe but move somewhere in Jersey just buy a big fun house that I can live in in seclusion but I would end up like building all these new things in our hometown because mm -hmm. another one of the things the kids said to the cops at the march were like you know you broke that building down because you felt like I, for, I forget what the problem was there but they I guess had demolished this building that was old anyway and he said instead of building us you know a playground for the kids or a community center he's like you just planted a garden and he's like don't get me wrong the garden's beautiful but then you wonder why we're sitting around the streets and mm. i was i know and i was like yeah it seems so simple like build a community center because all we mm -hmm. do is bitch about kids being bad but we don't give them something else to do you know, it's like you you yeah. talk about the problem will then be a part of the solution kind of thing, which was so powerful in the moment. And it was really, really cool. Um, but uh, again, spun off topic. But like when you're saying like we don't know what to do, I will say there's a couple of things that I thought were really great. My friends sort of vowed to do. And that was one, not to stay silent. So in the workplace, I'm, I'm thinking about that more and more and what, you know, what that could mean for my for being at work and uncomfortable conversations or something like that, that aside, um, then, uh, and I'm going to agree with my friends that they said, if they go to try out like a new restaurant or bar, or even if it's not new and there are no people of color in the establishment, they will turn around and walk out because they don't want to, That's a good one. I think that was amazing. Right. And it's so simple to do racial just justice is economic justice yeah right that's the new thing they're saying I, it makes sense it's so you know, cool to support mm -hmm. yeah to um and that's what they're like not not yeah. even just employees but like even the patrons they're like we don't want to be in a place that's all white people because why you know i actually it's really um i'm doing i've been doing a teacher training for um Waldorf schools. Cool. Yeah. Um, I love and that. in, in the fall, the, they always have like every it's that they're intensives because, you know, we're all grown ups mm -hmm. that are doing this. Yeah. And the, the topic was, um, diversity. Um, and we had a woman from the Brooklyn Waldorf school actually, yeah. who does the, um, admissions. She came in and talked to us about race and she was actually telling me, um, and she's biracial. Mm -hmm. So, um, she was saying how she's had families in the um she does admissions but she also teaches in early childhood and she mm -hmm. was saying she's had families um like literally crying in her office because they want to send their kids to the school so badly but there's not enough kids like them like that. 
that look like them in the school. Yeah. So it's like, it's something that, um, it was weird because it's like, we're talking about, like, we're all talking about it and everyone is like, genuinely like, what do we do? Like, what's the answer? Because like private school is like Waldorf schools are expensive because they're private schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's not that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, I don't know. But yeah, it's like when she said that, that was like that, that really sucks. You know, like that really sucks that that's, yeah, that's um, what's holding up the diversity to, 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 uh, yeah. to expand. Yeah. So, but it is something that like, um, I, I mean, at least, well, I can't speak for other private schools, but the Waldorf schools are like actively, you know, working on that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because in my head, first of all, just the Waldorf name sounds real white, but then like, <laughs> but it is a specialized well, it, school. It's a private it, school. So it's, that yeah. is obviously gonna. Uh, it originated in, in Germany. So mm-hmm. it's very like, they're very common in Europe. Like they're more known in Europe, yeah, although yeah. it's definitely growing here, especially the early childhood because it's so unique. Yeah. Um, it's, people a lot of people really like it yeah especially for the very young ages but um yeah yeah. it's um I mean anything that's expensive is obviously always going to keep people out um which is is tough but it's good to know that they're actively working on it because there's no way to definitely talking about it there's a lot of talking (laughs) talking about it I know that's the first step so um but yeah that made me really sad that it's just like Mm -hmm. Nobody looks my kid like, cause I think like if my, if my kid, you would want, you don't want your kid feeling like I'm the odd one out, I guess I'm the only, I mean, that can also be a source of like strength, you know? I mean, I guess the way, I, I don't know. As long know, as it, no right, as long as it's, <laughs> as long as it's taught the right but, way and acknowledged in the right way, hmm. but it can still, when they grow up be like wow my school was really great and we were all so different but then they could also be mm-hmm. like well why wasn't there more black people and it's because they couldn't afford it mm-hmm. so like you start to learn that later in life even as again little kids don't know what's going on so you could put like one black kid in a class and then there's Allie who's like this you know white passing but like super Italian looking girl. Like if you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, anything else. And then, so you're like, Oh, we're all a little different. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as you get older and you start to be like, wow, well, most of my classes have mostly white mm-hmm. kids. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Cause my school's great. That's another thing you're like, but this is such a wonderful place and they make mm-hmm. me feel great. Why aren't more people like me here? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such, it's, it's difficult any way you look at it um Mm -hmm. but it definitely has to be addressed because again we always go back to it the education system kids are they're so fucking important and so smart and we don't give them enough credit and it's just they're gonna figure it out you think they won't but they'll figure it out like yeah they do they're very you can't really trick kids i don't think not not for real they know things yeah no it's (laughs) i can't trick my kid anyway i keep trying yeah so yeah um but but yeah it's uh yeah you know it's interesting because at least i mean i only spent a week and a half at ali's new school which is also a waldorf Mm -hmm. school before the lockdown you know went into place but 
her old school in Princeton was very diverse as far as like languages and people from different countries. Like yeah. it was crazy. Like I've never been exposed to so many languages in like a preschool classroom. I'm not even kidding. Like we had like 12 kids and there were like seven languages like that were Amazing. spoken with these kids. Wow. Yeah, it was very cool. But it's it's because these are like European families come here. Right not just European. I mean, right. there, there are kids that had parents from India and like all over really like South America. Yeah. Um, but they come here and they're not really comfortable with American public schools. So they're like, um, we're going to send them to a Waldorf school because this is something that's they're more familiar with. But yeah. Um, wow. That's yeah. It's, it's very diverse, but the, the amount, I mean, she had, I mean, there were black kids at the school, Yeah. but obviously it was mostly mostly white yeah. um right but uh yeah yeah I don't know it's 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 a thing but I mean yeah as far as like where to start I feel like just talking about it and learning from anti-racist educators that actually know what they're talking about right we don't we're just sharing our experience right. of like being in the middle of this and wanting to um no more be part be of the change yep. and and not yeah like help you know mm-hmm not do more harm and, and learn our own, like how we've been complicit in this and unpacking right. our bias. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, for me with my daughter, I'm thinking, how am I going to handle this with her? Yeah. Um, like it's time. I've been thinking about it. So like, I mean, I found Le- Layla sad. To, um, she's the girl who wrote the book that I'm reading. Yeah. I found her like two years ago yeah. and I feel like it's been such a casual sort of, I really like this. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more freeing for us as well right. to learn these things, like the deep programming, like all this stuff we're talking that we talked about with other, with our other episodes about like body image mm-hmm. and food, all this crap. It's all this, it's, it's similar. It's not the same, but it's right. unpacking, the education it's, un- the unpacking. it's unpacking yeah. social programming that does not serve anybody. Like it's not the whole thing with race. It's like, we should be celebrating, you know, it's like kind of cliche now, like celebrating everyone's differences. It's not right. like we're saying like, we're all the same, you know, it doesn't matter. No. It does matter what, what our, exactly. our skin color is, different. but it's That's like, okay. yeah. we are, t- but we are all capable of, of greatness and we all deserve good lives if we're, you know, willing to work for it. You know what I mean? Like, like you put in the effort and it it shouldn't be harder for someone to have a good life just because they aren't white. Like that's crazy. Right. Um, But I, 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 I've seen it, you know, with my own, I mean, Enrico, at least when he started in construction, he, he's self-employed because the construction company he worked for, they were so shitty to him. Mm -hmm because right. he wasn't white basically yeah of course so like he said it was so horrible he's like i just he's had to get and he always says he's he feels lucky but um like he shouldn't have to feel lucky right to it should have be a good the, career it should be the norm like <laughs> yeah really should, it shouldn't be different for him I'm than it was for Sean. on my own right it's not like i got lucky yeah. what what's the luck mm-hmm. if you work as hard as me we should be able to accomplish the same things mm-hmm. that's exactly that's, it's just like yeah yeah Yeah. and he's like worked his ass off and I mean that's part of just who he is but then it's like right um he kind of had to be that way too he had to but I mean he 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 also insists that's just how he is and how he was raised right it's like okay I mean he doesn't he doesn't feel like I mean I hate talking about him on here because he's so private (laughs) invading his privacy But yeah, this isn't something that he really talks about a lot, but he did, he has shared with me like when he worked, 
in construction for the first time, how it was just like awful. And for him to say that, cause he's not a complainer. Like he never right, feels right. sorry for himself. It's like, it, it was acknowledging bad. it. Right. It's just yeah. like, well, that was actually my experience. And obviously mm-hmm. he is, he is strong and he wanted to not, you know, let it hold him back. And that's fortunate and some people obviously are stronger than others, but yeah, I agree. Like you said, it's not like he does it to be down on himself or talk badly about them, but it is important just to be candid to say like, yeah, this was my experience. And I feel like that's what a lot of the kids did at the March too. Like they weren't there to call out and be aggressive and like, you're not good at your job and you're not doing this. They literally went up there and shared a personal story of something that happened in high school And they would look at one another and say, that actually hurt my feelings more than you will ever know. And it was just, it was sad, but beautiful at the same time, because they are like persevering still and they got through it and they fought through it. And, you know, we, we will never know what they experienced and continue to experience, you know, for the rest of their lives, at least for our lifetime. Um, But Yeah there's little steps for sure. I think it's cool. You, you, I really got to, I, I need to jump on that workbook again. I love the writing. Layla said, yeah, her name, I mean, it's, you can, it's sold out actually on Amazon. Oh, good. Ebook on Kindle. Oh, cool. Um, and I feel like it's, I don't like to read on Kindle, but I, I have it on Kindle and I actually like this that way because I originally got it for free because she was offering it for free and then she started she was like an Instagram challenge oh, wow. and um but it, it's a nice book because it's there's definitely a good amount of reading but a lot of it is writing prompts yeah so it's not like you're staring at your phone for hours and hours <laughs> but yeah her name it's Layla her last name is spelled S-A-A-D yeah. Layla Sad Layla F Sad I think and she has a podcast too yeah um I think she's a very good teacher Love that. I really enjoy her. Yeah. So, well, people listening, yes, especially white folks, I'm sure you're just sort of reaching for straws, trying to figure out next steps or what you could do to help. And obviously, we don't have all the answers, but we hope that by sharing some of the ideas we had and, and things that we're doing, you feel inspired to to dive in and, and start to make baby steps because those are better than no steps at all and uh mar if any and you know what you could do too just like the one thing like this just popped into my head mm-hmm. but like the people in your life that aren't white like just talk to them about mm-hmm. this like ask i mean if i don't know i mean not as a way to be like to be helpful not to like right. dig you know what i yeah. mean like um if that makes sense like how are you doing with all of right. this um yeah, I agree. We talk because that. everyone has their own experience, even if they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I feel like we really just need to talk to just, just to talk. Yep. Open dialogue, good, bad, let it all out kind of thing. I agree because, uh, actually we had some friends and I were talking about that too, like reaching out to some friends and depending on who it was and how soon you talk to them, it's like, you don't want them to feel as if like now all of a sudden you're reaching out or caring because it's yeah, almost like it's, if it doesn't feel so natural, weird. Like I would <laughs> normally text you and say, Hey, how are you doing with all this? Like it's yeah. sort of awkward or whatever, but like we started the episode saying it's always better to talk about it than to avoid it. Mm-hmm. That's way more important, especially now. So, um, I think that's that's might be a good note to wrap up on. Yeah. Episode 16, guys. Keep that dialogue. Wow. Going. 
Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot still happening in the world, but good things happening in the world from all the protests and um, I mean, strides are being made. So don't feel like, it, you know, this is not for nothing. And I know for some of us, again, especially for a lot of white people, we could go on about our days. And even though this is happening in the world and it wouldn't change anything about our life, nothing, it would not mess up anything in our day-to-day lives. Um, but just know it's important for you to be checking in and listening in and educating yourself. It's, it's yeah. super important. It's, I think your job as someone in society, um, And you'll feel more free every time you get rid of some sort of social bullshit that you've been taught. That's not real. You'll feel better. Yep. So this is like, it's like part of, I feel like a healing. Yeah. (laughs) Like we all, we all have our role and um, we have to learn our place. I think Mm -hmm. because like my friend is always saying like white people are socialized to be racist and to center themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really, I'm like, that is so hard. (laughs) So gross. Like, I know it's weird, (laughs) but yeah. Anyway, not to get on off on another tangent, but it's like, stop saying I, me, my, that's what I told my mom the other day. I said, Mm. when you, when you hear something in the news say, well, I don't feel that way. Okay. But guess what? Millions (laughs) of people that look like you do feel that way. So you need to do your part too. So I feel that's something I keep telling myself too. Like, stop making it I, me, my, because that's a lot. You yeah. see it online too. People are feeling personally attacked and you're like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? This has nothing to do with you personally, but obviously yeah. something's going on. If that's like your reaction to it is yeah. yourself. Yeah. And also I, I think it's helpful to be like compassionate with people because um, like people are people that are waking up to this or just seeing this, like they're really not seeing it they haven't seen it like it's designed to be that way so it's like I mean I don't know it's yeah it's can be um it's like a rude awakening it sucks right. I mean it, it sucks it sucks more if you're actually experiencing right. experiencing it of course but right um anyway something's going I feel on. like not being a part of the problem yeah <laughs> we got it yeah got we're it. all good here we're all exactly we're, we're working we're gonna do this good All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Avoiding the Crowd. Like I said, it's episode 16. And uh, God, have God, gosh, whatever. Actually, I don't care if I say God because I don't mean it. Yeah, it's okay. God, religion is weird. Um, Have a great (laughs) next episode. Yeah, really. Um, Have a great week. Do good out in the world. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you on the next episode or hear you or just sit here. (laughs) I don't know how to sign off on a podcast yet. Okay. Well, thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon.